everyone, this is Kate McGaw, founder and CEO of Arclight Agile. I'm a certified Scrum trainer and I'm passionate about training leadership agility. And welcome to our podcast. And I'm Ryan Smith. I'm a certified Scrum master and a certified product owner. And we're back for part two of the 30 common misconceptions about Agile and Scrum, according to ChatGPT. So last episode, we did one through 10, and now we're going to do 11 through 20. Kate has not seen any of these, so they're all sort of brand new to her. And we're just going to dig in and see what that chat GPT says are the 30 most common misconceptions about Agile and Scrum. So number 11, Agile doesn't require experienced or skilled team members. Okay. So if we... Look at this one. So Agile doesn't require. So I disagree, but, but well, because it does, I believe it does require skilled people. I think you have to have a skilled Scrum Master and you have to have a skilled product owner. Otherwise, we are not helping the team be as effective as they can. And from a product owner point of view, we may not be building what our customers want. Mm -hmm. So I would say we need experience and skilled scrum masters and product owners. I think from the point of view of the development team. So if we talk about development team, if we're talking about coders and testers and analysts, they need to be skilled in their in their trade or in their craft so we need developers that are skilled and 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 coding and things like that i don't know if it's as critical for them to have scrum experience as it is for the scrum master and the product owner it's definitely going to help if they do but I disagree that that Agile, and remember, we're talking about Agile, we're talking about the mindset, we could be doing Scrum, we could be doing Kanban to be Agile. But I, 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 I do think that we, we cannot support the, the hypothesis that we don't need skilled team members. Right. If we're talking about Agile, Agile uh, experience or skill, yes, you need to have somebody on the team that has that. If yeah. we're talking about technical, people with experience will make better choices to help us break down our work yeah. and, and accomplish it in a more efficient fashion, but maybe not totally necessary. You could build a team of junior developers, but you have to, it's like, it, I think about it this way. You you have to have a coach to go and yeah. play like high school ball. Yeah. You can't just say, well, we'll just put a bunch of guys together and they'll go play baseball and they don't need a coach. That's an expensive luxury. Yeah. Yeah, or an orchestra. We'll put the orchestra together and we don't need a conductor so that right. they'll, they'll know what they're doing. They'll all play together. It's fine. Yeah. They'll figure it yeah. out. It's agile. <laughs> they'll have a daily stand-up. It'll be great. Daily stand-up and we'll do a retrospective and we'll say we're doing agile. Well, I think the retrospective part, I think you're you're very I'm optimistic. dreaming. <laughs> that's that's okay, not gonna daily happen. scrum. Okay, daily scrum. Yeah. All right. Number 12. Agile doesn't involve any project management processes. And if I was, if we were to, to map one by one everything that we did do in a traditional project, I think we would find most of the things are still done in an agile environment, whether it's by the scrum master, whether it's by the product owner, or whether it's by the team. 
things like assigning work. The project manager would traditionally assign work in a traditional right. environment. In an agile environment, the team is assigning work to themselves. So I would say we're still including the most important parts of project management, but they are done by the team, the scrum team, the scrum master, the product owner, and the developers. But I think it, it's critical that we don't try and port across everything we did in a in a traditional project right. environment into agile. Well, because we always did it this way. Right. No, we may not need the tool gates and the reviews and things like that that we had. But I do think there is a misconception out there that oh, well, we, we don't do any of that project management stuff. Right. Right. Well, yes, we do. We just do it differently. And your organization might just like not worry about the budgets because you're salaried and you're working on what's important to them. So like that budgeting part goes away. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And it's it's the funding model that changes. We're yes. now funding the team. This yep. team is funded through the end of December 2023. If we have a good product owner, then the team will be delivering the highest value items first. I've worked for you know companies where we're just all on salary. So yeah. they're going to fill our time mm -hmm. and we show them the value sprint after sprint after sprint. So yeah. that stuff kind of goes away. Yeah. All right. Number 13, Scrum is a fully defined and prescriptive process. And as the Scrum Guide says, Scrum is a lightweight framework. So we try and avoid the word process when we're talking about Scrum. And Scrum itself is a, a framework that has five events, the sprint itself, daily Scrum, sprint review, sprint planning, sprint retrospective, five events, three accountabilities, Scrum master, product owner, development team, and three artifacts, product backlog, sprint backlog, and product increment. That is our lightweight framework. And it's yep. up to the team to work within that framework. So I think it's intentionally um, lightweight so that teams can find their own way of working. Right. Yeah, I agree. It's not what I was just having this conversation with somebody today. Mm -hmm. I'm not telling you what to do. I'm yeah. giving you tools to figure out the best way to do your work. And guess what? You may decide it's not Scrum. Yeah. It might be Kanban. The person I was talking to, it's like, okay, it's Waterfall. Yeah. But yeah. you need to figure that out for yourself, not be told what to do. Yeah. To me, it's a bit like you go to the bowling alley and you've got the bumper lanes up. Right, right. We're going to stop lanes. you falling off the side. We can't guarantee you're going to hit a, a strike at the end. Right. But we're, we've, we've given you the guidelines and how you work within that is up to you. Some people are going to roll real quickly to the end and some balls are just going to, I remember taking my son when he was little to the bowling alley with those bumper lanes. It's just like, it's kind of going all over. It's going to get there eventually. Yeah. Taking a little longer than when mm -hmm. I threw the ball down. That's a yeah. good, that's, yeah, that's, that's a good one. All right. Number 14. This is the corollary to that. Agile is a chaotic <laughs> and unstructured approach. <laughs> and this is one that one of the the myths if you like this should almost be called a myth buster section um but yes a lot of people say well agile is just everyone does what they want well 
no, it, it's not actually. We've got, you and I've talked about this. We've got five levels of planning in a scrum yep. environment from the most strategic of what is our vision, what is our desired end goal, down to our most tactical, which is what are we going to do, syncing our activities for the next 24 hours. So I would say it is a, it is a lightweight framework that guides the team to deliver better products and services. So is it going to be chaotic? It may be chaotic for the first couple of sprints. With any team, it's going to take three, probably three sprints before they hit their stride. So it may yes. feel a bit chaotic to start with, but longer term, it should not be chaotic and it should not be unstructured because we've got the, the events which are, are adding that structure for us. Right. Right. And to your point, it's going to uncover, it's going to make apparent those problems that your previous process had. Yeah. And it's going to force you to sort of deal with them in very real ways. Yeah. So the, the, there's it. There's chaos when you start and as people are sort of finding their way and figuring things out. But, you know, like it goes back to that previous question, whatever framework you pick, Scrum or Kanban or whatever, it's not because it's so lightweight. If you let it, things go, then it will be chaotic. But if you yeah. sort of say, but here are things we have to hit, it, it sorts itself out. And I think it yeah. sorts itself out pretty quickly. And it brings, I mean, but you're, you're talking about it bringing visibility. It's, it's shining a light on things that perhaps aren't going so well, but they probably weren't going well before we even decided to be more agile. Right. right. All right. Number 15. Agile means working without any documentation. <laughs> this is one of the biggest myths that I get. I go in and I, I will train an organization, we'll cover the manifesto and we'll do working product over comprehensive documentation. Kate said there was no documentation in Scrum. No, Kate is saying what is more valuable is the working product. Right. It's all very well having a, a beautiful 500 page requirements document. But if we don't have a product or service to show our customers at the end of it, it's not worth the paper it's written on. Right. So I would say that the, the Scrum team or the Kanban team will work through what documentation is needed. We no longer do documentation just because we've always done it that way. The right. team themselves will sit down. The scrum team will sit down with the whoever's going to be doing the maintenance and support of the product. What, what documentation are you going to need? So we're looking to see what is needed and who needs it. But we're focusing our primary measure of success is our working product. Right. I think it's, it's the, I, I have always, because I was a developer, my mm -hmm. code is my documentation. Your tickets are your document. Yep. Like yep. this is exactly what you've asked for. Yep. And I think the tools, like I was saying the other on the last episode, I know like GraphQL in every line of code, it tells you which ticket it's sort of being booked against. Yeah. So you can go through and you can trace. Yeah. That's really the important thing because we're not building these giant documents that like don't make sense to anybody. Yeah. Make sense once the team is done. Yeah. Somebody can come and trace through your code and yeah. figure out what you were doing. So that's 
that's there's no it's there's there's documentation it's just not this crazy project plan that somebody spent months working up and that isn't going to survive first contact with the enemy yeah no absolutely and and it it's maybe it's that the it's not the gantt charts and things like that yep. but it's probably it's probably a release burn chart of some description showing how we're tracking against the overall release so it's documentation that makes sense not documentation for documentation's sake right all right number 16 agile doesn't require customer or stakeholder involvement this is where i think chat, chat gpt is starting to make stuff up because yeah. I, I i know your answer already <laughs> why would you even be trying to do agile without i mean the center of everything the center of everything agile is our customer or our end user. Yeah. And stakeholder so, involvement. Uh -huh, it's, uh -huh. We have to work closely. It's one of our principles. We've got uh -huh. to work closely with the business daily. Yep. So this one is like, I think it's just making stuff up. Trying to get a rise out of people. <laughs> so yes so if you have a client who is not willing to get involved with the the process the the, the framework of of doing scrum not be willing to be involved in working with the product owner to order the backlog not willing to show up to the sprint reviews or sprint demos then we have a big problem because then we have an environment where we may be building the wrong thing and the customer tells us in 12 months it's the wrong thing and we've wasted 12 months. So I would say agile absolutely does not eliminate the need uh, or doesn't, I would say uh, does absolutely require um, customer and stakeholder involvement. Otherwise, we're doing what we doing more of a traditional project. So we we want the customer involved. We want them to see the product or service every two weeks. We want their feedback. We want to be able to pivot and inspect and adjust as we need to. But we can only do that with our customers and stakeholders involved. And that is whether they're internal or external. Because yep. sometimes your customers may be internal to your organization. Yep. hundred percent. You know, it's funny. I was talking to somebody today because they are, they have these stakeholders mm -hmm. and they want to do the project. They want to do a project in a very waterfall fashion, but they've been shoehorned onto an agile team. Uh -huh. The team's trying to do their agile transformation. When the business stakeholders are like, we don't care about your transformation. We don't care about your process. This is the way we want things. And, you know, finally the scrum master has thrown up their hands and said, this is going to fail. Like I can't, yeah. can't do it. And I said to the said to her, I was like, it's a waterfall project. Yeah. Like you're, you're going to, you can either fail at doing agile, or you can just say to the organization, you've put me in an untenable position. We have to, if they're not going to care about our process and support us, then we yeah. just go do this as a project waterfall, mm -hmm. you know, like we're just going to go do it. And then the yeah. maintenance for it will come back to the scrum team when we reconstitute ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think it's just like the stakeholder involvement is all wrong. Critical. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's critical, but if they're not going to engage with us mm -hmm. constructively, then you, yeah. you have no choice. All right. Number 17, agile eliminates the need for project tracking and metrics. 
this is a, a big one because we still need to let our stakeholders and our customers know how we're doing. We still need to have metrics and a way of showing the problem is how do we make sure that they are the right metrics right i mean you and i've talked about weaponizing the metrics you and mm -hmm. i've talked about the velocity of the team the number of points of of work that the team does in a two-week sprint is a really bad metric right but i do think our stakeholders need to know are we on track to deliver what we predicted we would this release? So I think that the tracking um, that we do in an agile environment is tracking that the teams are doing anyway. We're not introducing an, oh, well, here's our documentation and tracking that we need on top of it. That if the team is sizing the backlog items, then we can do our burn charts. We can plan our upcoming releases and things like that. So I would say that Agile absolutely does not eliminate the need for uh, project tracking and metrics. I think it tracks the project quite nicely. Shows mm -hmm. everybody. It's that transparency of a really yep. good scrum board. Mm -hmm. As long as you have a really good scrum board, there you go. We are, we are tracking towards, because again, it's, as I like to say, every two weeks I get, we get a chance for you to tell us what's a priority for you. Absolutely. I'm just tracking to the work you want. I think the metric thing, that's the much harder conversation because yeah. people are so used to certain metrics from waterfall or whatever the way yeah. they were doing it, that we have to, can we have to show them the value of other metrics. Yeah. And, and that's the, you hit the nail on the head there. Here is the metrics that we track in an agile environment. And this is why they're useful for you. Yeah. So we, we don't track percentage complete, but I can let you see from my release burnup chart that I'm going to hit my delivery with the content I said I would. So I think it's just advertising if you like these are the metrics that we have and re-educating the organization on agile does not mean no me metrics and chaos and everyone goes and does it in a hole but it may mean i mean, need to be slightly open to different reporting and metrics right there are new metrics yeah there are new metrics all right number 18 scrum is only suitable for small projects and again, a lot of teams start with Scrum for one team, one small project. But I have some organizations where there are eight Scrum teams delivering a product or service. So it is a large scale project and there are multiple teams delivering it using Scrum. So no, I think it's possibly it's more common for individual teams but it is absolutely not just for small projects. Small teams, yes, because we want the team to be 10 or less, but I could have 10 teams on one project, all working with their own Scrum Master, their own product owner, but they're working on a giant project. They're all supporting different pieces of the project. So I would say Scrum, the Scrum team themselves is small, but we can have multiple teams working on one project. Right. You're looking confused. No, 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 no. Oh. I'm, just, I'm just saying, because it's funny, because I just think about, because you talk a lot about projects. And mm -hmm. I tend to come from organizations where it's like, here's the team, the team is persistent. Here's all the stuff we want from this team. 
Yeah. So like, I'm not really, there might be a project in the stream, mm -hmm. but then there's all sorts of stuff around it. Yeah. So I'm just sort of used to every two weeks going like, okay, what's next? Yeah. Like we might have, we're rebuilding this piece of it or we're doing this big part, but then there's all this other stuff around it. So like, I don't really think projects and deadlines. I think you tell me what you want us to be working on and we're going to go and be successful at it. Like yeah. that's how I see it day to day. And I find it really successful for even that sort of new development slash maintenance model, mm -hmm. you know, because again, every two weeks, it's like, here we go. We've delivered. Yeah. So I, I, I've been more in those realms as opposed yeah. to like coming on. It's like, we're going to hit this date yeah, and then we'll see what happens. It's like, no, we're yeah. just building our thing and going on. That's why I looked a little confused. All right. Number 19. Okay, I think this is where ChatGPT has definitely lost its mind. <laughs> Agile means the team can work without any planning or estimation. <laughs> well, we know that one of the core events is sprint planning. So right. we, but, but, it's, but it's meaning if it talks about Agile, we're talking about the Agile mindset. Mm -hmm. And if we talk about Kanban, there's not a lot of, structured planning. I mean, you have to plan. We've talked about to. needing the five levels of planning and estimation, whether you use points or gummy bears or widgets, whatever you use, unless we are sizing, we cannot predict the delivery. But I am aware that there is a the myth out there that agile just means the team does what they want when they want. They don't plan, yeah. they don't estimate and things like that. Oh, okay. Whereas, so that's where you see it coming from. Yes. Okay, but I, I believe, uh, so yes, I do believe that this is a, is a myth because I do think scrum agile teams, whether they're scrum teams or Kanban teams will need to do some planning and some form of sizing their work so they can see how stuff can get done. If it's in a Kanban environment, they're being they're measuring the service level agreements and things like that. In a scrum environment, they're looking at story points or whatever for backlog items. Yeah. I I it's it's a it's a weird one, but I see what you're saying. Like if you go to agile as opposed to scrum, mm -hmm. the team can work without any planning and anything goes. So yeah. yeah. Okay. I see that question. All right. Last, but not this. Okay, this one, he definitely lost his mind. ChatGPT lost his mind. 20, Scrum doesn't require any formal roles or responsibilities. <laughs> yes, but remember, they're now called accountabilities. Oh, come so, on. <laughs> but, come on, yes, it doesn't I, think that. It thinks... What? It's, you mean it's not that intelligent? It's not thinking? No, I mean, it's not. I don't think it. I don't. I think it's roles, yeah. accountabilities. I yeah, don't think it's, it's whatever you call it. And we, you and I both know it absolutely does. I yeah. mean, how can a team be expected to deliver at the level we need them to without a product owner making sure that we build the right thing, team members responsible for building the thing right, and the scrum master responsible for coaching and supporting the entire team so that they're doing it as effectively and quickly as they can. So I would say this is probably the biggest doozy of them all. Yeah, so doesn't make sense. Because it doesn't make sense. So you cannot do scrum without the three accountabilities. 
I agree. I think development team, yeah, we're all developers. You can sort yeah. of flatten that out, but there does need to be a product owner, scrum master, and the developers. All right. Yeah. Just as a preview, I think you're going to really love number 21. So, <laughs> cliffhanger for next week. Cliffhanger for next time. Kate's going to like 21. <laughs> it's that I wonder if it has to do with retrospectives. Ooh, excellent. Oh no, it doesn't. No, oh, no, you're okay. Off the mark. But I think Way it'll I think it'll still I think it'll still come down to things you care about. Okay, perfect. Sounds like a plan. Thank you for joining us today. You will find us on Twitter at Arclight Agile. You will also find us on LinkedIn at forward slash Arclight Agile. So share your thoughts with us on this episode and send us any topics you'd like us to discuss in the future.